Hi, I'm Ben Pilgreen, lead pastor of Epic Church in San Francisco, and I want to welcome you to the podcast. Our vision here is to see an increasing number of people in San Francisco orient their entire lives around Jesus. But whether you're listening in from the city that we love here by the bay or wherever you might happen to be in the world today, I want you to know that I'm excited about what God is doing in your life and what he's doing in our Epic Church community. I hope you'll find this message encouraging and that it will inspire you to take your next steps along your faith journey. Whether you watch every single week or today is your first time to join us at Epic Online, I want you to know that we continue to be here for you in this season. And I know what you're already well acquainted with, we're all well acquainted with how much pain there has been in this season. The pain that has come directly from COVID-19 and the implications of it. In our Epic community, there's been so much pain that people have been experiencing that's not even related to COVID-19. We've seen someone diagnosed with cancer. We've had a young couple in our church who are leaders that the wife went into labor way too soon and they lost the baby. I think about the pain that people are struggling with in terms of their mental health and, and all that's going on. I know that some of you have lost your job. And, and then I think about all the pain that is happening uh, along the conversation when it comes to racial injustice. And I know there's so much pain in this world. And I just want to say from the get-go, you might be tempted to bow out during the season, but I want you to lean in. I want us to come together. I believe that God is building a beautiful future but understand this, every time God is going to build a beautiful future, he's inviting people like you and like me to step in and play our part. And I'm praying, church, that when the invitation comes, and I think it's coming to you today, by the way, and I'm going to keep talking about this, I want us to come together and commit ourselves to building the future that God has for us. Speaking of building the future, I want to celebrate all of you fathers today on Father's Day. I know that, uh, that, that your work is so significant as a dad. I should say, I guess, our work is so significant as dads. If you didn't receive the $50 sports basement gift card, you haven't filled out the form so that you can receive that, please go ahead and do that now. That's $50 towards a bicycle or towards shoes or clothes or whatever it is you want from Sports Basement. Dads, I know that there's a lot of us, if you're like me, we love the work that we're doing, and sometimes we can get so enamored by the work that we're doing out there, and I want to make sure that all of us know that we have such a significant calling to pour our lives into our biological children, into our adopted children, and into our foster children. And there's lots of all three of those categories, and we're going to increase that here at Epic. But I also want to tell you about a concept that is a beautiful idea that is throughout our Christian history, and it's the concept of being spiritual fathers. Whenever Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2, he says, To Timothy, my true son in the faith, 
And as I think about, yes, I want to pour into the lives of my four kids and my family, and I want you to pour into the lives of the kids in your family, but we also, I think, have a calling and responsibility to be spiritual fathers to the generation that is coming up. And I want to just encourage us, men, let's rise up. Let's ask God how we can play our part. Today, I'm excited to continue this conversation called The Essentials. We're talking about this idea that what is absolutely necessary for our lives. And I've been in conversations with so many of you during this season, we are recognizing that some of the things that we used to think were important, they're just not that important. And other things that we had kind of set down or, or we had devalued in some way, we're now seeing those rise up and we're realizing this really matters. And as we continue that conversation today, here's my title, Substance Over image. Substance over image. From the very beginning of the human race, human beings have been obsessed with image and appearance. I think about King Nebuchadnezzar, who was king of Babylon. He literally had the idea that he should construct a golden image of himself, 90 feet high, nine feet wide. And you're like, wow, that guy really was into image. But let me tell you, it gets better, or should I say it gets worse? Not only did he construct that image, but whenever the musical instruments would play, everyone was called to bow down and worship his image. And if they didn't, they were thrown in the fiery furnace. I would love to tell you that in 2020 that we're no longer consumed with image like our ancestors, but you and I both know that's not true. We actually now have plenty of tools and apps so that we can enhance our image in all kinds of ways. But here's my big idea for today. I believe God wants to get what I'm about to tell you into your heart, into your mind, and into our lives together. Here it is. Who you actually are is way more important than who you appear to be. Who you actually are is way more important than who you appear to be. And you're like, Ben, I know that, but let me tell you why you might know it and still not get to live it out, because everyone in the world is going to keep talking about me and you in terms of how we appear, but I'm here to tell you today exactly what God told Samuel in 1 Samuel 16, 7, man looks at the outward appearance, but God is looking into our heart, substance over image. Who do you think has thrived most in this season? Those who appeared to have it all together or those who actually had it all together? Now, let me be honest. I don't think any of us have it all together, but those who have been thriving in our current season are the ones who had substance to their lives. When I talk about substance, here's the straightforward definition. This is what I mean. Substance, the real physical matter of which a person or thing consists and which has a tangible, solid presence. So when I say substance today, I just mean what you're actually made of. And hasn't this season offered us all kinds of opportunities for some soul searching? All kinds of opportunities to look within ourselves. And I'm not asking you to overanalyze everything about yourself, but I hope that you've taken time and will continue to take time to reflect on what are you actually made of? For me, what am I actually made of? And I've been in some uncomfortable conversations lately. Anybody else? And we're tempted to pursue a path that's simply comfortable for us, but I'm reminded that if we want to grow into the people that God envisions for us to be, growth never comes by taking the path that's most comfortable. God often will call us into uncomfortable moments because of what he wants to do in us. And I don't know about you, but at the end of the day, 
When I stand before God, I'm not going to stand before God as who I appear to be to everyone else. I'm going to stand before God as who I actually am. And the same is true for you. Now, Jesus had a lot to say about substance versus image. I remember there was this one time where he quoted the prophet Isaiah and he said to this group of people, you honor God with your lips, but in your hearts, you're far from him. He was essentially saying, you have this image, you you have an appearance that you're really all in with God, but there's no substance to that reality. The reality is you're far from God. And he was saying to the Pharisees quite often, everything you guys do is to be seen by other people. Let me ask you a question. Are you more focused on who you appear to be or who you actually are? Are you more focused on who you appear to be or who you actually are? The longest teaching Jesus ever gave in his entire life, at least from what's recorded, is referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. It comprises Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And in this longest public teaching Jesus ever gave, he says all kinds of things. He starts with the Beatitudes. Blessed are people who are like this and people who are like that. He, he says we're to be a city on a hill to let our light shine for the world. And you get into Matthew 6 later on, and he's talking about you can't serve God and money. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And chapter 7, he's like, ask, seek, and knock. Is he teaching us to always pray and to never give up? And then there's this moment though in chapter 6 where he's like be very careful that there's not more image focus in your life than there is a focus around the substance or the foundation of your life let me just give you not our main text but Matthew 6 1 Jesus says this be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them if you do you will have no reward from your father in heaven. Be careful that you're not doing your acts of righteousness so that everybody's like, wow, you're so spiritual. And Jesus goes on to say the same kind of thing about when you give to the needy. Don't do it so everyone thinks you're amazing. Whenever you pray, don't pray in a way so that when people are watching, they're like, wow, you're so close to God. When you fast, don't let it show all over your face so that you get attention. God is not into your image. He's into the substance of what you're actually made of. So what do you consist of? What do I actually consist of? I want to give you, for our main text today, the very last words Jesus spoke in that Sermon on the Mount. You can find it in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. He's going to sum up everything that he has said, and he's going to talk to us about whether our lives are all about image or they're actually about substance, whether we're in mostly to appearances or if we actually have a solid foundation under our lives. And if there's anything that I'm seeing in this season, if there's anything that God is talking to me about as I examine my own life, it's been, what is underneath all of this? What are you actually made of? And I'm gonna share some of my own discoveries along the way, but I also wanna encourage and challenge you to enter into some self-examination. Here are the last words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. In verse 24 of Matthew 7, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall. Why? Because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell 
with a great crash. Now, as we read the words of Jesus, the first thing that probably stands out to you is how different these two people who are personified in his teaching, how different they are. But I don't want to first talk about their differences. We'll get there. I want to show you all of the ways in which they were similar. Here's the first principle I'll give you. Our lives could appear to be in good shape when our circumstances are favorable. My life, your life, it could appear to be in good shape when our circumstances are favorable. When there's no storm yet, it could appear like we have our stuff together. We don't know much about these two houses, but I'm just going to assume in the story that Jesus is telling that both houses appear to be in good shape. What we know for sure from Jesus is that before the storm came, both houses were standing. And you might have not known the difference. If you were walking down the street, and let's assume these houses were on opposite sides of each other, and you looked at this house and you looked at the other house, you thought, wow, these houses look like they're doing okay. And the same is true for us. Our lives might appear to be in good shape when our circumstances are favorable. Let me ask you this question. Before this season came, how did your life appear to be going? Before this season came, how did your life appear to be going? Both of these individuals experienced the same storm. You know, In our world today, a lot of people are talking about the reality that they're in because of COVID-19. And absolutely, we've all been affected during this season, some in small ways, lots of you in really massive ways. It has caused deaths. It has caused sickness. It has caused unemployment. It has caused the inability of our kids to go to their school buildings. It has caused our church's inability to be able to gather for in-person services. And it has absolutely caused some things. But I want to say this. While this, season, how, while this season has caused so much in our lives, it has also revealed so much about our lives. While this season has, it, it has absolutely caused so much in our lives, so much to happen in our lives, it has also revealed so much about our lives. In the story, Jesus doesn't say that there was a good house and a bad house. He just said there were two houses, but when the storm came, it merely revealed what those houses were built on. It just revealed what those houses were built on. Here's the principle for you and for me. Storms reveal our foundations. Storms reveal our foundations. Storms do not give us good or bad foundations. Storms do not give us a, a foundation that holds up or a foundation that ends up getting cracked. All storms do is reveal our foundations. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying when he ends the Sermon on the Mount. He said that one person had built their house on the rock, one had built their home on the sand. Storms reveal our foundation. Some of our thinking that isn't wise thinking is this, if a storm comes into my life, I must be doing something wrong. If a storm, we've talked about this earlier, we'll talk on this, uh, I believe it was a, a month or so ago. Storms reveal our foundations But storms don't come to bad people. Storms come to everyone who is a human being. And not only do storms come to every human, but I believe that storms are going to show up in nearly every category of our lives. Let me give you just a few. You're going to experience a faith storm if you try to follow God throughout your entire life. Here's what I mean. There's going to be a moment where we're going to be challenged 
to continue following God with our lives. There might be a dark night of the soul. There might be a time where you don't understand why God isn't doing something or why he's not doing something faster. And in that time, you're going to be tempted with a faith storm. Will you stay in the faith game long-term? And what I wanna say to you is, faith storms will come to all of us who are trying to build a faith in God, but the ones of us who will still have our faith after the storm are those of us who are building our faith on a great foundation. If you're married, you don't have to be married but for one day, and you know that marriage storms are going to come into your life. Can I get a witness? Some people think that when a marriage storm comes that, oh no, I shouldn't be married to this person. Marriage storms come for all of us, but the marriages that are standing after the storm are those that were built on the right foundation. Foundations matter. If I can urge you into anything today, it's to make sure whatever you're building your life on, that it has an appropriate and proper foundation. With all of the conversations that are happening around racial injustice right now, it has caused me to do a deep dive and just begin to read. And I've been sitting with friends and just hearing about their history and then history of our country and different things. And what I want to say to you is this, there's just things that I didn't know. I'm sorry that I didn't know, but the more I get into it, what I realize is that so much of the storms that are happening around injustice in our world today is because they had terrible foundations. What kind of foundation do you have under your life? When COVID came and it disrupted everything we were doing as a church, I didn't know what we would discover. And I want to tell you, we haven't done everything perfectly. I know that. You don't have to email me. I get it. But what our team has discovered is that we had a great foundation that God had built over the last nine plus years so that when this season came, we were ready to pivot. We were ready to change our methods where we needed to. And I'm so grateful for the men and women who are on our staff team and our leaders and the people that are producing this gathering right now and all that you guys are all doing. But what we realize is that God had built an amazing foundation so that we could still be standing when this COVID storm came. In fact, I might say, I think we're even stronger. And this is what happens. Not only do storms reveal our foundations, but if we have the proper foundation, we will oftentimes be stronger on the other side of the storm. And I believe that's what God is is doing right now. But here's a big question I have for you. What has this current season revealed to you about you? Like Ben, why all the challenge today? Because I want us to get in on what God has for us. What has this current season revealed to you and to you and to you about you? And here's the thing. Whatever this current season has revealed to you about you, Jesus is inviting us into a different way forward. Jesus is inviting us to be the kind of person that builds our lives on the rock, that builds our lives on him. Now, I'm not saying that it's easy to do what Jesus tells us to do, but I am saying he really has simplified the process. Remember, there's a lot of things that these two people personified have in common. And here's another thing they have in common. Don't miss this. Don't walk away. Come back and watch this if you're distracted right now. Jesus says that both groups of people hear his words. Don't miss this. Both groups of people hear the words of Jesus, which means this, it must not be enough for me to go to church, though we should go to church. It must not be enough for me to be in an epic group, though you and I should be in epic groups. We have over 450 adults that are in epic groups right now, and there's still room at the table for you, but it's not enough in terms of building our house on the right foundation, our lives on the right foundation. 
It must not even be enough to open our Bible every morning. This is crazy to me because you would think that, oh, I'm a Christian. I read my Bible every single morning. And Jesus says, everyone mentioned in the story, they all hear the words of Jesus. Where is the differentiation? What is the distinction? Here's the distinction. Jesus says there's one group of people who hear his words and put them into practice. And that group is like the person who built their house on the rock. But he said, then there's another group. They're present for the word. They hear the words of Jesus, but they don't put his words into practice. Here's what I want to say to us. We must establish practices that get the words of Jesus into our hearts, minds, and lives. We must establish practices that, yes, get the words of Jesus into our hearts, into our minds, right? Like this is a psalmist saying, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. We've got to get his word into us, but we can't stop there. Then we have to do what he's told us to do. On July 19th, I'm so excited. We're doing a brand new series called Practicing the Way. And it's going to be a series for our entire church to spend a week at a time and then continue that practice moving forward. But every week, we'll teach about a practice on Sunday, and then we will provide additional resources so that we can lean into that practice throughout the week. Now, can you imagine our entire Epic community growing in, practicing the way of Jesus, discovering those spiritual practices that are going to allow God to give us the right foundation under our lives. Imagine the spiritual vitality that will flow in, in, our, in our church and the love and service that will flow out of our church into the city and ultimately around the world. I can't wait for that. But for you today, if today maybe you feel uncomfortable, maybe you would rather just pretend like all is well, could I urge you not to go down that path? You see, at the end of the day, when I stand before God, when you stand before God, who I appear to be is not the person that I can bring with me into that moment. You see, whatever you and I think our lives are about, one day it's going to be revealed what our lives were about. And as you think about being face-to-face with God and, and you look back over your life, just thinking about the trajectory you're on today, Will you really be able to say in that moment, as best you could, not perfectly, certainly you made mistakes, we we needed to receive grace and mercy, we all need to receive that. But when you look back, as you think about how your life's going to move forward, when you look back one day and Jesus just asks you, like, what did you build your life on? What does that trajectory look like? And if it isn't what you want it to be, could I urge you today to get rid of that cracked foundation. Whatever you've built your life on, you've built it on your success, you've built it on pleasure, you've built it on your self-sufficiency. Can I encourage you today to blow that foundation up? There are a lot of foundations I think that just need to be blown up and then receive his invitation to come and build your life on the solid rock that is Jesus Christ. Today, if you've recognized that no matter what you've referred to yourself as, maybe the reality is that God's bringing into vision for you right now is that you've never trusted Jesus with your life. You've been to church, you've done the small group, you've done the mission trip, you've served on a team, you read your Bible, and yet you've never actually done what he's called you to do. Oh my gosh, don't let today pass before you place your faith in him. In fact, I wanna give you some words to help you do that right now. I wanna give you some words to just help you do that right now. Here are these words and you'll see them on your screen. Jesus, I want to build my life on you. You died and rose again to give me a firm foundation. By faith, I'm putting my life into your hands. 
If you've prayed that prayer today, I want you to know today is not about shame over having an improper foundation. Today is about freedom. Today is about your future. Today is, oh my gosh, now you are going to begin to live your life on the foundation that is a solid rock, Jesus Christ himself. If that's you today, I want you to text the word BEGIN to 313131. We want to come alongside of you. Our church, our staff team, our leaders, we are committed to helping every one of you orient your lives around Jesus. And that can't happen unless we have the proper foundation. And church, listen, for the rest of us, I know the world is crazy right now. I know the world is divided right now, but let's be the people of Jesus. Let's not get our cue from the world. Let's get our cue from him. Let's build our lives on a foundation that can hold us up even when the biggest storms come because they're going to come. Could we be the church that hears the words of Jesus and actually puts those words into practice? Let me pray for you. Let's pray. God, thank you that you have given us a place to build our lives on. Thank you that you care about us, Jesus, that you've given us the secret to life, that you've actually said, listen, here's the secret. If you will just hear me, internalize my words, and then live out what I've told you to do, Jesus, would you bring that about individually for us? Would you bring that about for our church collectively? We want to lead the way in the future that you're building, but we know we can't do that unless we have a solid foundation. Jesus, I confess, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, that I am so tempted to live for appearances and for image and for the approval of other people. But God, could we begin to care more about who we actually are than who we appear to be? God, you're looking into our hearts. So help us to build our lives on what actually matters. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, another practice that Jesus gives us is that practice of generosity. And it's real interesting with generosity, that can become a substance or image thing too, can it? I mean, Jesus says in Matthew 6, like when you give to the needy, don't do it in a way that everyone sees it and thinks you're awesome. He's like, do it from the heart. There was this day in the temple when a lot of people were putting in large amounts of money into the collection. And then there was a widow and she had two small coins And she gave those coins and Jesus said, don't let appearances fool you. The most generous person in this room is this widow. Church, thank you for your generosity. You're helping us spread the message of Jesus. You're helping us feed people with spiritual truth and you're also helping us feed uh, people with actual physical food. I, I got to serve at Bessie Carmichael on Thursday for the food pantry and it was incredible to to, to know that we're feeding every week over 4,000 people. And what we're doing to partner with mobilized love and feeding and giving spiritual truth to the people who are being served by them. And we are meeting the needs of people in our church. So thank you for making that possible. If you wanna give today, you can follow the prompt on the screen right now. You can also go to our website and give. There's so much generosity flowing in our church. If you're not part of that yet, I want you to know that our mission matters more now than it ever has. So lean in with us. You can start giving. You can automate your giving. That's a way to make it a spiritual habit or practice. And if you have a need, we are ready to meet your need. If you have a prayer request, let us know. We're praying for you. If you have a physical need, you need food, you need supplies. We wanna be able to meet your needs. If there's emotional or mental needs that you have, we want to get you the resources that will help you have the right foundation in this season. Epic family, I love you. I am in this with you. 
It has been painful for me at times, just like it has been for you, but I do believe God's building a beautiful future for us. But here's the thing. We do not get to control the future. We'll talk about control next week. We do not get to control the future, but we absolutely do get to control where we choose to build our lives. We do get to control what foundation is going to undergird our lives and our church and how we pursue God's heart for this world. So as we think about all that we've heard today, what better way to respond to this message than to allow Seth to lead us in the song, Build My Life. I want you to stand and let's sing. Thank you so much for joining us on the Epic Church Podcast today. If you would like to learn more, you can go to epicsf.com. I want to also encourage you to download the Epic SF app so that you can keep up with everything that God is doing in and through this community in downtown San Francisco.